I'm preaching a message today that I think is going to help you and me. Joey, glad to have you here today. Yeah, isn't that good? She got out of the car and, and walked up the steps just like, just like she had a knee replacement. I mean, just wonderful. God has really blessed you and Kathy in getting those replaced and pretty awesome. God is faithful, is he not? Prayer changes things. So what I'm going to preach to you today, I'm going to be in Hebrews, if you can find it. That's a hard one for me to find. It's right there close to James. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, it's called uh, the uncomfortable faith. The uncomfortable faith. It's what I'm preaching to you about. So Father, I just pray you help me today. Pray you lead me, guide me, direct me. Father, I pray that I'm hidden behind the cross. And Father God, this message changes, changes your world. And God changes our lives. And we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I think this will, once we get down into the nitty-gritty of this, I think you'll get the understanding of it. When you think about uh, the word uncomfortable, it's the causing or feeling of uneasiness and awkwardness. We're talking about the uncomfortable faith. When you define the word faith, it means to completely trust or confidence in someone or something. So having total confidence in God. Having total confidence in God. So when you look at, uh, at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, it says, and without faith that it is impossible to please God, but we must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of them who diligently seek him. Now, then you look up the word diligently, and that is the effort to do one's part while keeping faith and reliance in God. Now think of that. I gave you three or four definitions right off the bat. So we, we understand what uncomfortable means, causing and feeling uneasy and awkwardness. Uh, we understand what faith is. Faith is a complete trust and confidence in someone or something, be, uh, this being God. And then diligently seek him, then he will reward us. And, at the, and to diligently seek means the effort to do one's part while keeping faith and reliance in God. So in your life, in your life, and I, will, and I don't ever want to stand up here in this pulpit and pretend that I'm something that I'm not. But one thing you have to understand is that there are going to be times in your Christian life where you are going to be uncomfortable. You are going to be uncomfortable in your Christian life, there are times because what happens is <coughs> when, you are, when you are uncomfortable, those are the times that you're being stretched. Those are the times that, that you are uncomfortable. But yet, as, you, as, as the title is, the uncomfortable faith, you have to remember that you have faith. I've got to give you some examples of me this week. There have been several times that I've been uncomfortable this week. Um, one of, the, one of the most uncomfortable things to me is I do not like going to the dentist. I, I, I love my dentist. I've, I've known him since he was a kid, not when I was a kid, but when he was a kid. And his dad, they're wonderful people, good people. And so I had 
I had broke a tooth, and I thought, well, I need to get this thing fixed. So I called, and I, I need like three or four days to psych myself up. Well, they, they said, we can see you in the morning. And I'm thinking, dang. So I said, okay, well, I needed to go. So I'm pressing through and psyching myself up to go to the dentist. Man of faith and power, I'm psyching myself up, Tori, to go to the dentist. Because I didn't want to go. And, and the whole thing in the nutshell is this. I don't like laying back in that chair with my feet stuck up in the air. It makes you feel loopy when they pull you up out of it. And I, I can't stand that. I hate that. So I thought I'd have three or four days to, to think about that. But no, I went the next morning after Jay's podcast that morning. I got in the car and I had to be there at 945 and boom, I was there. And they took me right in. I had no time to think about it. It's like boom, in, in the chair, boom, numbed. Needles don't bother me. It's just laying back in that chair. And if you could have heard my conversation with God from the time I made that appointment to the time that I got done at the dentist's office, you would think, you're puny. You're a sissy. I'm saying, now, Jesus, when they pull me up there, make sure that I'm, you know, and, and it's like I'm telling God through this. It was uneventful. There was no, there was, it was uneventful. You know, I turn airplanes upside down, and here's what I'm concerned about being laid back in a chair. Isn't it amazing how all of our battles are different? But I was concerned about that. So I was uncomfortable, but yet I still had the faith to know that I was going to be okay. Um, I had blood work last week. I had a physical uh, on Monday, blood work last Friday. And, you know, needles don't bother me. I'm fine. Boom. You know, so, but then you're thinking, okay, what's the numbers going to look like? You know, you want to, you, so you begin to be uncomfortable thinking, okay, you, you exercise. I mean, Christy and I hiked almost six miles yesterday nonstop. We did great and had no problem. And I'm thinking, you know, it's like, okay, but then how's the cholesterol? How's this? How's that? How's the EKG? How's this? How's all that? It all came back just great. Except my genetics is my dad, and he has high blood pressure, and, and mine's up too, and I guess. But he's 80, you're 81? You're 82? So I'll take his genetics. If, if blood pressure is all I got to deal with, then, I, then I'm good. Mine was one, when I went to the doctor the other day, it was 156 over 100. And then, and then, um, then it went down as, as the day went on. I checked it yesterday, it was 134 over 82, which I can, I don't like a low blood pressure because it makes you feel weird, so I like that. But, you know, it's something, something that I've dealt with for 25 years. And, and so, I tell my body to line up, I tell it to line up, I tell it to line up, and my blood pressure continues to be high, but, you know... He, he's been on me for years over that. Uncomfortable, but faith. One of the things that I was not uncomfortable with this week was flying was great this week. No problems with flying. You're going to be put in situations in your life to where you're going to be uncomfortable. Whether it's meeting new people, whether it's, 
it's a new job or, or whatever it may be, you're, you're going to be in a situation where you're going to be uncomfortable over things, but there you still have to have faith in God. I, I sat down, I was laying in bed last night, and, and I recently got my phone because I wanted to give you a few statistics. This has been in my crawl, so to speak, for the past week or two. If I told you that if you would exercise 100 minutes a week, think of this, 100 minutes a week, you could increase your lifespan between 20 and 35%. If I told you that, still, some of you aren't going to do it. If I told you that if you would lay off the, 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 the pot and you would lay off uh, the, the drugs, that you could actually literally add 10 years to your life. Would you do it? Would you do it? Okay, I've already told you that you could increase... You can increase your lifespan between 20 and 35% if you exercise 100 minutes, 100 minutes a week. Still, some of you aren't going to do it. I'm going to blow your mind with this one. If I told you and I laid out right here on, on a pile right here 10 extra years of life, 10 extra years, Ten extra years. Would anybody want it? You'd want ten extra years? You know how I can give you ten extra years? If you'll listen to me, you got to quit smoking. Ten extra years that you, got to sp that you get to spend with your son, your daughter, your in-laws, your outlaws, your brother, your sister, your, your mom, your dad. You get 10 extra years as long as you haven't damaged yourself by smoking already. I could give you 10 extra years. Would you take it? And then if I even offered you a life where you never died, where you would never die, now, your heart would stop, but your physical, your physical body would stop. But I'm talking about your spiritual life. If I offered you a life that you would have forever and you would never die, still some of you would never take it, just like you wouldn't quit smoking. People say, tell me this all the time, I can't, I can't stop that. I can't quit this. I can't quit smoking. I can't quit porn. I can't quit, you know, gossip. I can't quit this. I can't quit that. You know, it takes just as much energy to start something as it does to stop it. You say you're meddling, preacher. No, I'm not meddling. <clears throat> as a life coach, as a pastor, our job is to help you to be what God wants you to be. 
what God has called you to be. And there's going to be uncomfortable situations that you're going to be put into your, in, into your life. But let me tell you something, you'll make it. If you have faith. But it only is not faith in you, but it's faith. Let me tell you something. Recently, the Lord asked me to change something that, that I would have never, ever thought that God would ever ask me to change. But he asked me to change something. And I'm thinking, I can't do that. I've been doing it this way for all these years. And now you want me to change it and do it this way? It's almost like it came naturally. It's almost like it was a piece of cake. It was almost like, okay, I can change that. I can fix that. That's no big deal. Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So if you knew that you're going to die 10 years earlier than what you thought you were, why would you not take my deal? Why wouldn't you take my deal? Let me, give you some, let me give you some things here. When, when you think and when you define spiritual success, because if you diligently seek God, when you combine your faith and your assurance, in, it's spiritual success. Spiritual success is not measured by the possessions that you accumulate, but success, spiritual success is about who we are, our character and our integrity, our faith, and the qualities of success like discipline, honesty, loyalty, and love. That is what spiritual success is all about. Being honest, being loyal, being, being uh, disciplined, and, and being uh, part of God's love. The question that we ask this, that I want to ask you right now, is what are you doing right now, today, to develop your own qualities of success? Or are you just existing? What are you doing right now, today, that will help you in your spiritual success? How are you changing? Because you have to constantly change. You, you have to constantly change. And, and change will cause you to be uncomfortable. Change will cause you to stretch. But yet that's where the faith comes in to know that on the other side of it, you're going to make it. <laughs> Let me give you some examples of uncomfortable faith. Joseph. Joseph was uncomfortable in prison. Thrown in prison. Not guilty. But thrown in prison and by him being thrown in prison, it positioned him to the throne. <laughs> Isn't that good? That because of what Joseph went through, going in prison, it positioned him to the throne. So don't be discouraged if somebody's talking bad about you because, let me tell you something, victory is ahead. <coughs> it's good preaching, I'm telling you. I didn't pay $8 for this sermon. $10 was uh, every knee, every she'll bow, not that one. <clears throat> Sermon.com. Just kidding, just kidding. The second, the second example of uncomfortable faith is Daniel in the lion's den. 
only to proclaim his glory in the fire. You think about Daniel. Think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. One of the stories, one of the things that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said that just marvel at me, they say that we are going to, tr- and I'm paraphrasing, I-, I am going to trust that God is going to deliver us out of the fire. But if he chooses not to, we still will serve him. Standing on his promises is all we have. The word of God, you can't make this stuff up. We must relinquish our fears and focus on what we can be if we allow God to stretch us. Trusting God is a moment of surrender. It's when you can't rely on anything but Him. You cannot rely on, and here's what many people, many people say, well, I'll come to Jesus, but i got to quit this, quit this, quit this, and quit this. You don't have to quit anything to come to Jesus. You come to him just as you are because you'll never be good enough, but it's because of the blood, it's because of Jesus that we have salvation today. And I can offer you through the blood of Jesus, just like if you quit smoking, you get 10 extra years, but I can also offer you everlasting life if you accept Jesus Christ. That's a pretty good deal. But we have to relinquish our fears and focus on what we can be if we allow God to stretch us. The uncomfortable faith. Are you walking in your fears? Or are you walking as a person of faith to know that God is going to help you? God is going to fix you. At my lowest moment, In my life, I can tell you that I have had to trust in Him. And when you trust in Him, He pulls you out of it. You you take Brenda for an example. Brenda had a terrible report uh, of all these things that were wrong with her and her liver and stomach, and it was one bad report over her eyes and over this and over that. But let me tell you something Brenda stands here today, a woman of faith, healed. Healed. See, you cannot let your life be based on your circumstances. Write that one down. That's good. You cannot let your life be based on your circumstances. But you have to base your life on the solution, and the solution is God. The solution is Jesus Christ. The the solution is the Holy Spirit. And don't be a fair-weathered Christian. I'm going to come to Jesus, and he's, going to, and he's going to help me, and I made a deal with him, and he's going to fix it. And then all of a sudden, after you get it fixed, and he keeps his end of the bargain, then you're nowhere to be found. I've seen that so many times within people's lives. But you can't walk in fear. You have to walk in faith. Do you know that it says 365 times in the Bible, fear not? That's one for every day. Are you believing in God even when you don't see him 
working. Are you believing in God when you don't see him working? Let me tell you something. I remember the day when, when the, bank, the, the bank up the street turned me loose. I'd had 19 years of banking. I thought, man, I'll, be, I'll, I'll find a job in no time. There was no job. I couldn't find one. I'm doing Uber and Lyft, and I'm shopping, and the church isn't doing well. Things aren't happening like I think they should, and all this kind of stuff, and, I, and I'm at wit's end. And there ain't no more money. It's all gone. Retirement, all that kind of stuff. It's all gone. And I remember driving up the road, and I remember saying, God, I got to have some help. And when I did that, things changed. You cannot base your success on anything but God. You cannot base on, on the money that you have in your account but anything but God. He changed our whole life. You know, I've seen ministers that went out on their own. Of course, I was booted out on my own. But, uh, you know, the preachers that have left, left their full-time jobs and lost everything. And I remember sitting in the office at the house and saying, God, I, I don't want to have to file bankruptcy. I don't want to have to, to lose this house. I don't want to have to lose anything. And you know what? Five years. Five years. Of not being, not getting a paycheck from, from somebody else. But God has sustained us for five years. And many, many more years to come. And you know why? Because we are givers. And we are blessers. And let me tell you something. Even in my worst moment of finances, I never quit tithing. I never quit tithing. Can I tell you something? Just a, a quick note. We're waiting on your tax forms to get done for your, uh, and we'll get those to you as soon as we can. Uh, the, the accountant's are working on them. I wanted to say that before I forgot. Uh, also, if you give on uh, PayPal or if you give on uh, Clover Give, they're already out there. But if you're waiting on one because you pay for a check, just give us a little bit of time and we'll have those to you as soon as the accountant gets them. I, I, if I wouldn't have told you that then, I would have forgot. Here we go, part two. But I remember those days. Uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. You say, well, are you embarrassed to talk about that? No, because I'm excited because I know what God did. I know God changed my situation around, and God can change your situation around. Whatever you're going through, he can change your life. He can heal your body. He can set you free. Look at, look at what Philippians chapter six, 4, verse 6 says. And, and this is good. This will help you. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. It says, For to be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. And the peace, verse 7, of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and mind through Jesus Christ. Even in the midst of being uncomfortable, you can still rejoice. You can still know that he is going to fix and that you can walk in peace. Because what the enemy wants to do is to rob you of your peace. 
And a lack of faith, and let me tell you something, what a lack of faith means is that you don't think God can do it. That's what a lack of faith is. You don't think that God can do it, and you got to do it on your own because he don't know what he's doing. Let me know how that works for you. God is going to push you to your limits because he has greater faith in us than we do ourselves. He believes in you more than he believes than he believes in you more than you believe in yourself. But that's the God we serve. And he's going to allow you to be pushed to your limits. To the, to the place where you're uncomfortable and to where you have to rely on faith. To quit or to start. You try to start something on your own, it won't work. You try to quit something on your own, it won't work. You have to have God's help. That's like I remember back when we were at Mud Fork Church. And we did a 10-day fast. 10-day fast. Do you all remember that? That were with us at Mud Fork? We did a 10-day fast. So I was going to give up caffeine. Remember that, Carlos? You gave up caffeine too, didn't you? Yeah. So I gave up caffeine. I was sicker than a dog for three days. I don't know if you, you had withdrawals, but I mean, I was sick. I mean, like... Pardon me, puking sick, headache right here, like miserable. I never called in sick. I never went home early sick, hardly in my, my whole lifetime of working. But very rare was I ever sick. But man, I couldn't function. So here's what I thought. After the third day, I was okay. And by God's grace, very little caffeine flows through my body. Chocolate, you know, it's got some caffeine. It's got, if you use the dark chocolate like John does, you can justify it because it's good for you, right? Yeah, yeah it's good stuff. There are some things that do have caffeine in it, but, but I will tell you this, to sit down and drink a Mountain Dew or to sit down and drink a Diet Pepsi or to sit down and drink, uh, you know, stuff like this, I don't do that. Because well, here's what I thought. If it took me three days to go through detox on caffeine, probably it's not good for me. Would you think? Duh. But people tell me this. They say, oh, I just can't make it without coffee. I just can't make it. Jay Mays, let me tell you. <laughs> You're talking about a sissy. You take his caffeine. <laughs> he becomes a sissy real quick. Those that don't know who Jay Mace is, he's our pastor of our Winfield campus. Wonderful man. But if, yeah, but if you start it, you can stop it. If you could, you know, it's like, I'm not saying quit, I'm not saying quit coffee, but I'm telling you, we put stuff inside of us that's not good for us. You know what that does? It races the heart, wears the heart out. So that's why I don't do it. Sometimes you're going to be put in an uncomfortable position. But being uncomfortable brings, now listen to this, being uncomfortable brings perseverance. Verse 
okay? Being uncomfortable, if you allow it to manifest itself like it needs to, it will bring perseverance. Perseverance is doing something despite the difficulty or the delay in achieving success. That's what perseverance means. Doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. Being in, now listen to this. Being in uncharted waters will teach you to find direction. Think of that. Being in uncharted waters will cause you and teach you to find direction. So my question is, is where are you? If you are going to give me directions to you, where would I find you? If I asked you to give me directions to where you are, and I'm not talking about physically where you are, I'm talking about spiritually where you are. If I asked you to give me directions to where you are spiritually, would I be able to find you? That's the whole message right there. Would I be able to find you? Stand to your feet. If you're not where you need to be with Jesus today, you got things you want to bring to him, I want to encourage you. How long, did I, how long was that? Thirty? Now, I got to tell you, Christy and I are celebrating our 34th wedding anniversary this next week. 34 years. Hold your applause. 34 years. We're leaving for Florida on Wednesday. We will not be here Sunday, but that does not mean that you're not supposed to be here Sunday. John Sandy is preaching on Sunday. I have instructed John Sandy. What, 30 minutes? 20 minutes? 10 minutes. I think it was 10, wasn't it? 10-minute sermon. 10 minutes. John's real good about part two, part three, part four. He's trying to keep himself, you know, to where he can keep coming back. So he, he keeps doing that. So, but anyway, if you've got to do part two, I completely understand. We'll just stay another week. We'll just stay another week. <laughs> That's so funny. That's a running joke. We're just having fun. If you're not where you need to be with God, if I tried to find you, just like, you know, that little button that you, uh, you, anybody ever lose their cell phone? You can't find it? You can't find it? There, there's this button you can push or somebody can find it or however way. I never lose stuff, so I'm, I'm not that guy. But, you know, it's like, you have to find it. And if you pushed your locator button for me to find you, where would I find you? Would I find you in a dark, deep, despair place of sin? Or would I find you in a place where you have a testimony every day of what God has done for you? That's where I want you to be able to find me on where God, where God is. So being in uncharted water will teach you to find direction. And if you, and if you were going to give me your direction, of where you are, where would I be able to find you? If you're not where you need to be with Jesus, one thing I can recommend you to do is you, you say, well, why do I have to go to an altar? You don't have to go to an altar to be saved. You could be saved in your seat. You could be saved wherever you are. 
But this is a place where things die. There, even when the Baptist church had this building, there's still tears of mamas and papas and aunts and uncles, of people crying and, and pleading with God for salvation for their family. People need Jesus. You need Jesus. I need Jesus. Are you lost? Are you lost and you have no direction? God wants to help you today. Where are you with him? Step out. Hey, I need prayer over this. Can somebody pray with me about this? I'm I'm uncomfortable about that. Can you help me? I guarantee you we can take you to the one who can help you, and that's Jesus. Jesus can help you today. So examine your heart. Where are you with him? If you're not, if you knew today beyond a shadow of a doubt, we've been in church services, literally, with people in a, in a, in a Sunday evening church service. We were in a church service where a bunch of us were there. It was a great time. And, and, a, and, a, and a mother and a, a lady died that evening. We just talked to her just a few hours before, and she's dead. I'm not trying to scare anybody into salvation, but I want to tell you, Jesus is coming soon. He's coming soon. We are not promised tomorrow, but I can promise you one thing, that if you died physically and you're a Christian, you'll live spiritually. I promise you. Where are you with him today? Examine your heart. Come to him. You don't have to fix a thing to come to Jesus. Come to him just as you are and he'll take care of you. Yeah, this time is uncomfortable. This is probably uncomfortable for some people. It's like, man, I have to make a decision whether I'm going to get my life right with Jesus or I'm going to hell. Hell is not real estate that you're supposed to occupy. Where are you with him today? Think about it. You need special prayer over anything? Come today. We're giving you an opportunity today to expand your life. To literally expand your life. That's an awesome deal.
Jesus. So worthy. Let me ask you something. Do you know where you're at? If I don't have to find you, do you know where you're at? Are you where you need to be? It's time to change. It's time to be uncomfortable. It's time to relying on God's faith. Faith in Him. Because He'll help you through the process. Jesus, you're so worthy. Lord, help us to figure out what you want to do in this church and then let's do it, Father. We just pray for your will. Pray for your help. Pray for your wisdom. We thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. So worthy. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. So worthy to be praised. Amen. Amen. Pray for us as we travel this week, as we celebrate our anniversary, and we'll be back traveling on Sunday uh, coming up. And so we're real excited about what God's doing. What are you doing? Oh, yeah. You got one too? No. Nope. When's your all's anniversary? Y'all been married how long? <laughs> 28 years. It'll be 28. It'll be 28. But I always, I always jump early. And then we, <laughs> I always like round up. <laughs> so that I can't 28. The exact day. Yeah, 29. Like You've been married what? 30 what? <laughs> <laughs> how come I'm the only one who remembers how long we've been married? 35 years? How long you you and Kathy been married? Y'all been married five years? Two days? We have a friend of ours. He he said what he was married ten years the first week. Ten years the first week. <laughs> that's, that's funny. I would have thought if uh, if Tori would have been here, she'd have had something to say over that one, wouldn't she? She probably would have. I like him though. Well, I would think that she would say something about being married to David or something, you know. It's like 10 years the first week. Yeah. Probably not. I like him. Don't ever think David's a good guy. I like him. Whatever Tori, whatever Tori says. I defend him all the time. <laughs> Your son-in-law? You def- <laughs> That's messed up. What mother-in-law defends the son-in-law? <laughs> That's so funny. So why are you up here? <laughs> I started talking about wild goose chase. You all didn't have to do that. Age becomes irrelevant at some point. I don't know if you all have reached that point. Yeah, it does. It's irrelevant at this point. I don't care how old anybody is. <laughs> Nellie, how long have you and Dad been married? Ten years. <laughs> <laughs> the first, first week? Three years. Yeah. Fifty years. Didn't she like to sleep in? No. <laughs> he won't let you. I I remember I I married uh, Dad and Nellie right here. I remember, and after he after he said kiss the bride, you know what I you know what I told both of them? I said we don't want any more kids. 
<laughs> That's what I told him right off the bat. That's <laughs> ah, so funny. We love you guys. Love you too. Happy anniversary. Thank you so much. <laughs> Amen. God bless you all. We love you all. Thank you all so much. 34 years. We're, Christy, the past couple days, she's been saying, 34 years. I don't know if she's in believe or denial. 34 years. She'll walk through the house and say, 34 years. I don't know if it's good or bad, but yeah, just put money in it. Just make sure you put money in it. That's so funny. We love you all, and we're, we're excited for, you know, Christy and I were talking about this the other day. We're, we're going to finish strong. We're going to leave this world strong. We're going to leave this world, and, and we're excited. We're excited about what God's going to do in Jesus' name. Thank you all. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you when we get back. Please show up for, show up for John Sandy next week. Don't, don't let him preach to just one or two people. You got a clock right there? <laughs>